0: of Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name is Ellen
1: and my name is Mel.
0: In each episode we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of Destiel fan fiction and in this episode we're going to take a look at some fics where Castiel uh, you know consensually possesses Dean. <laughs>
1: So to discuss her fic, Contingency, we would like to welcome author Cheerful underscore Shinigami, also known as Ripley. Hey Ripley. Hello.
0: Hi, Ripley. How are you going today?
2: I'm doing really well. How are y'all?
0: Good. Yeah. yeah um,
1: not too bad. Excited to talk about some fic. Yes.
0: Yeah. So but well, we've got some great fics to talk about today. We're also going to talk about... The Home We Make Together by Vaudelin and Terror and Desire Intertwined by Rupert Gaze. Uh,
1: Links to all of the fics that we're talking about today are going to be available in the episode post on mixtapebookclub.com, and they will be included in our collection on AO3 as well.
0: Yep, and um, so we've got a few things um, just a bit of housekeeping before we start talking about the fix. So we just have to say a big thank you to everyone who has been supporting us on our coffee subscription. Um, we we just use that to cover our recording kind of costs associated with that, and we're also um, going to give back to our uh, wonderful destial reader community by um, having a giveaway this month for Pride Month in June. So um, Mel, do you want to mention what the prize the the big prize is going to be and then
1: yeah so the first thing we have is some pride goodies from stands so we've got you um a coloring book which is pretty cool because it's a lot of it's a collection of um the gish entries from last year where they did like a um coloring book for like it's okay to say gay which first of all is a pretty cool idea for like a pride month merch thing anyway But it's also cool because the coloring book contains actually quite a lot of art from, can you call it art when it's line? I'm I'm very confused as to whether I can call it art when it's like made for someone else to color. (laughs) It's like deliberate line art. There we go. Line art. I'm going with that. Um, From um, actually quite a lot of people in our own Destiel fandom, as there's such a big crossover between Gish participants and Destiel folk. Yeah. so, I mean, I know of at least three people that I'm aware of that have art in there. So that's pretty cool. You'll be able to colour some um, art from some of our favourite fan artists. Um, and also one of the Castiel Pride pins that's going out there. Um, and we will put some, some other goodies in there as well. Go kind of make it a... Um, it's going to be a Pride-themed giveaway. So we will be including, um, obviously, Destiel-themed items from not only... So not only queer art, but hopefully by queer creators as well. So.
0: Yep, so all you need to do is go to the, um, the post for this episode on mixtapebookclub.com and there should be an entry form there um, where you can um, get your entry in um, to be uh, – like I, it will start – oh man, here we go, this week um, it's so busy. Okay, so it's going st- to – the giveaway should start as soon as this episode goes up. And it'll probably run for about for a week, um, which means you need to get your entry in by. So it'll be like around the 24th of June. That's 2022 in case someone is listening to this far in the future and is confused <laughs> this is in the timeline. Yeah, sorry. Um, You've
1: probably missed the giveaway if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about possession, shall we?
1: Um, yeah dun. dun.
0: <laughs> sounds very dramatic doesn't it? let's talk about <laughs> possession uh yeah so i guess we've got like in the show obviously there's loads of possession most of it seems to be like demons who don't need permission to just take over a body mm-hmm. but um at least in the angel law they mostly keep to the the, the law that they need permission to come in first they don't always like i think sometimes it's a forcible thing
1: yeah because i think there are there are kind of question marks in the air over some of the michael stuff as well because surely if their possession is dependent on consent then when dean revoked his michael should have had to leave instead of just taking over (laughs) yeah um so there are there are some question marks there but um in general the the idea i think is that angel's are supposed to need consent before they can possess anybody
0: yeah so I mean with this the fix that we've chosen to talk about today um they are all where um you know Cass has to possess Dean for whatever reason um usually when Cass is in trouble um but they're set in different um kind of periods in canon so um yeah probably should have said at the start we're going back to our canon kind of we've got a few different episodes now and different aspects of canon but these these fix are all in the canon verse they're just all kind of you know diverging ones
1: yeah i actually think one of the things i liked about this is that there are very kind of separate times in, in canon happening here so like most of the good tropes you can probably fit it into various seasons if you work out if you find if you find a little plot hole or a moment uh, in between episodes where you can start something, you can usually make things work with any season. Because mm-hmm. we've kind of got a bit of a easy carte blanche with fic now, haven't we? Where, you know, after the end, when Chuck is gone, this starts. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of do anything <laughs> at that point. Um, which I think has actually made me enjoy the other kind even more at the moment. Like, I like going back and seeing how um, people are making their fics work with canon. While Chuck was still in play, or before they even knew about him, all kinds of things like that. It's funny,
0: yeah. yeah. And older, even now, when you read like a lot older ones, um, and where we didn't know that Chuck was a villain, you can sort of you, you can it adds extra kind of levels to the the fix that you read, like the stories that they've told, because you know that in in actuality, the this is all being controlled, but you know they didn't know it at the time, and neither, neither did the author, which is. Um, it's kind of yeah, a fascinating meta kind of a thing
1: yeah, it's really interesting sometimes to read um canon fics that are older that sometimes either were written you know quite a few years ago or were people chose to set way back in canon because it's quite often i find that um a lot of the stuff that they do could fit into what happened with canon later which i think just goes into saying you know, that there are specific narrative arcs that characters and and plots follow, so you know, you can take these pieces and kind of make educated guesses about where Supernatural was going to go or where certain characters were going to go Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes a lot of these fics uh, kind of prove that because it was like these these fic authors guessed things before they happened (laughs) so apart from, oh I won't mention, shall I go on an ending rant again? No I won't, but (laughs) I feel like that was (laughs) that was like the biggest betrayal of the ending for a lot of people i think (laughs) the fact that it just as far as a lot of those narrative arcs went it just didn't make a lot of sense (laughs) yeah so that's all i'll say on this one this is not going to be a mal rants about the ending again episode
0: (laughs) well maybe later when we um when we're talking about uh the home we make together since it's a post finale thing. Oh
1: yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll save it for then. There you yeah, go. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right, but we're going to start with um with contingency, um which is uh, Ripley's Fig, so um by a cheerful shinigami. Um this one was published during 2021 and it's 123,000 words and it's explicit. Um Ripley would you be willing to read us the summary?
2: Absolutely. <clears throat> Two months after Dean is dragged to Hell, he crawls out of his own grave with a mysterious handprint branded to his shoulder. A strange being named Castiel claims that he pulled Dean early to stop the literal apocalypse. Now Dean must figure out a way to derail the divine destinies of him and his brother. They must find a way to stop Lilith without killing her, while all of Heaven and Hell want Dean back in the basement so the plan can continue. The only one in his corner is Castiel. But can this stupidly handsome stranger be trusted? After all, no one but Dean can even see or hear him. A.K.A. a Season 4 AU retelling with healthy brotherly bonding, tons of team free will feels, a very sweet slow burn, and Cass in a waistcoat. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, So, um, so this is Season 4. It starts with, you know, Cass dragging Dean out of hell, but early, earlier than scheduled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, I think
1: one of my favourite things here is the fact that you really dug into it being season four, like there are a lot of things that are kind of happening, like background cases and stuff like that. Um, they're, kind of, they're kind of done in, you did it in such a way that they were vague enough that maybe somebody who doesn't remember a lot of season four or maybe hasn't even seen it or didn't enjoy season four mm-hmm. um, isn't going to be bogged down by details of cases that they don't care about, but for people who did really enjoy season four and have watched it multiple times like me, <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of, you know the details of these cases that are happening in the background even if they're not necessarily wholly related to the story um, I love that you put so many different cases and things in there and it kind of almost felt like like easter eggs in a way to yes. link back to the real season <laughs> Um I really, that's actually one of my favorite things about this because it feels very canon, even when you're taking things in a completely different direction.
2: Oh, I'm so glad that was definitely what I was aiming for. Um, so I'm probably one of the few people who season four and five are like my absolute favorite seasons. And I, for the longest time, I was basically one of those uh, key brain rot. You know, it was only one seasons one through five, guys. Anything after that you know uh I'm only (laughs) kind of coming around to like like there are some good plots and characters later on but it's I always really enjoyed one through five that was my thing so I am very much about the keeping of the Kripke era tone and the uh how the characters interact with things and I was very careful to go back and like really think about what episodes and what plot lines from season four were actually necessary and then kind of like okay let's kind of move this along in a a little bit of a different direction because I wanted someone like you said who someone who knows the season can go okay I know what's going to happen and then it happens maybe but not how you're expecting it it doesn't happen at all and I kept trying to make things a little tricky so that it was kind of fun to read I wanted those easter eggs there to kind of have people want to go back and reread it so I I was leaving Easter eggs to try and see if people would uh, have want that urge to check it out again. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you made me want to go back and rewatch it. I think I'm going to have to start from season 4 and work my way through it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My plan worked. I might finally be at yeah. that point like I haven't done an in-depth um, kind of watch since the show ended. I've I've watched bits and pieces for like fixing stuff like that like episodes here and there but i think i finally reached the point where it feels like it's been a long time since i sat down and really watched a chunk of the show right yeah. so i i might finally be at that point where i'm going to start a complete rewatch mm-hmm. when i say complete rewatch there are definitely still some episodes i'm going to skip oh <laughs> yeah there are to do that too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
0: especially after reading um a few canon fix um in a row kind of thing it's like oh i feel like i need to Go back and watch a few of my favorites or, you know, start again from four oh one.
1: Yeah.
0: Or earlier. Well, sure if you wanna I... do a season four rewatch, hit me up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so can do you have like a um, was there an inspiration for this fic that that came to you or what, can you tell us a bit how how be, how you came to write a, a season four rewrite in the first place?
2: Um so this uh was supposed to be just like a one shot it was so i was in the supernatural fandom back in 2014 and then i actually dropped the fandom i dropped fic writing everything for six years until 1518 came out um and then i was like oh man i got a the confession holy crap so i watched the last two episodes live and out of pure uh-huh. spite i came back to the <laughs> fanfic writing <laughs> um <laughs> And I'm so sorry. uh I <laughs> know <laughs> I was out. <laughs> now I'm I am back in <laughs> um yeah. staring at my wall of fan art. Um I'm in hard now, so um but I had, <laughs> you know, been writing uh, like I said back in 2014 and I had this idea for a fic where basically Dean is saved by a demon um instead of uh cas being an angel he was actually going to be a demon in this particular retelling uh but that was on a laptop back from 2014 and i had almost thrown it away i was like let me see if there's anything on here to save and i found this draft i'm like no one's gonna want to read this i'll hold on to it anyway um so you Hmm. almost didn't get contingency guys i almost threw it away (laughs) um i know (laughs) um (laughs) But uh, I just it started off originally being a whole thing of I wanted to play around with Cass being uh, an evil version of himself because uh, the black suit is what really like inspired it, right. Um, yeah. And then as I was writing it, it became more of a, a little bit of a catharsis for me. I was basically going through season four and going, okay, what are the really stupid things I hate in the season and how can I kind of fix them or make them work so that they're not as bad? <laughs> And it became just a really cathartic uh, journey for me to take through season four.
0: Yeah, I liked how you, um, you changed certain episodes and what happened like, um, like, you, for example, when Yellow Fever comes up, there's still the basis of the actual case is still there. It's just mm-hmm. you've made it, you know, at because Cass is like, you know, riding around in Dean's head um, that, you, you know, you tweaked it just enough that it totally made sense, like the way that they they traveled through that episode
2: yeah i thought i thought it came out pretty good actually that was what that chapter of all the crazy things that happened in that thick that chapter was the one that gave me like like heart palpitations because <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was talking to jasper who's was my beta and man we um we went through a, a friend we went through the fire on this one we had not we had just met um me and my friend jasper saturn um static saturn And uh, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm doing this fic and I want to... I need a beta. Can you help me look at the first chapter? And then week to week, wrote this fic, edited it, posted it in 16 weeks. 123,000 words. Barely plot, plotted it out. I just wrote as I went. Um, And uh, they had talked about... um, the, the yellow fever episode and i was i was telling them like this has Cass's backstory i'm not going to talk about it but it, oh my gosh i'm i have to get it right and i I was like having panic attacks over it <laughs> i was like i have no. to get it right because something i really wanted to hold on to was Cass's gray area he it was it's really easy to make him kind of like the the good guy but he makes terrible decisions in canon and i wanted to hold on to the fact that he's not perfect and he will Make just dis- calls and decisions that you know aren't always great. So I was trying to, to balance that, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially early in season four when um they don't really know, it. they don't know each other really, and mm-hmm. you know he's not thinking about them that much yet.
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs> he's got his own stuff going on and everything. So.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. D- can you
1: remember when you were writing this fic? Like, which was the favorite part to write because i know you wrote it week by week and anybody who's done that will probably be able to contest to the fact that that means that some weeks are great and it just flies out and it's wonderful and you love it and then other weeks are painful yes <laughs> and a slog and you don't think you're gonna get there so can you remember that like either either of those options any specific points in the fit that felt like that oh
2: gosh um the so episode so chapter nine um was really tough because it it started off completely differently i was trying to to take the, the characters in a, a a different direction um and uh how how in depth can i go into it or kind of be
1: vague we can put a spoiler warning up no problem okay so, so
2: yeah. um season or season blah, in episode 9 that's there when they first become intimate and everything and i was trying to play it originally i wrote the chapter several times trying to play it more like a one night stand or both kind of aloof about it but they they just wasn't working um and so i was pulling my hair out and i said okay i'm gonna come at this as a very different direction and then i just i wrote the hell nightmare and it flowed so well after that and it made perfect sense the transition into them becoming intimate after deal after cas is helping him with uh, the nightmare and everything and it was just like oh it felt so good because i had fought it like to the like the the minute i posted it and then it was like yes thank you
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have man not man. been abandoned <laughs> oh man yeah sometimes it's just about finding that little that little thing that makes it throw again mm-hmm. and all the time it is coming at it, something from a just a different side or yeah somewhere entirely different that you hadn't even thought of, I, of going from and, so.
2: and I think that the hardest chapter would probably have been oh gosh probably 13 maybe 14 I think 13 was probably like the, the hardest chapter um 14 had a lot going on um because that's like all the setup for the climax and then you know we have Dean and Cass and their nonsense coming to a climax, um, and, you know, more ways than one, and, you know, it, and all of that, so that was also really, really tough to write, but I think, um, uh, oh, chapter 12 is where, um, Cass and Dean have, like, their major fight, and that was really tough to write, because I don't like writing, uh, interpersonal drama too very much, I'm not really good at, like, the soap operay stuff, so to have to really dig into them, being, you know, kind of dumb at each other was really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, Jasper had came back a couple times. It was like, I need you to up the drama. This isn't realistic for them. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, that was yeah, kind of tough it, to write. It, it, I,
0: I love how um, in, in all of these fics, actually, that um, you guys have managed to even though they're sharing a body and sharing a brain, basically, um, they still manage to miscommunicate. Like, they, yes. they just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's just, just them. Yeah. Even even when they, they they can't they still manage to keep to themselves enough that they're not sharing every single thought. Mm-hmm. But even when they do kind of share their thoughts, they just they take the wrong message away. <laughs> you know, they just they're infuriating in that way sometimes. But yep. Yeah. You
1: are totally right. <laughs> Only these two could miscommunicate when they are literally sharing a brain. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everything else. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which has to lead me to the best tag on the fic, right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, two dudes, one dick is, um, <laughs> shall we say, it's, I'm I'm sure it must have drawn some people into this, this fic. I hope so. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, possession, you know, all the usual tags, yeah, yeah. like, oh, yeah, canon stuff, and then that. <laughs> but... Now I remember because I think this was kind of shortly after we met. I remember you writing Two Dudes, One Dick." <laughs> I remember that coming up. Um, yeah, <laughs> and being delighted at the time. Um, <laughs> what made you decide to do it that way? Because it's brilliant, and I love it.
2: How did how did do the scene that way?
1: Yeah, because. Uh, mm-hmm. There are, there are lots of different ways of doing it with possession fix, and I think these fix show like a pretty good range of the different ways you could do it. Whether it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's more of just a mental thing, or like full projection of another body, mm-hmm. or all of that kind of stuff. And you kind of almost split the difference a little bit. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Kind <laughs> of go, gonna go somewhere in the middle. There are two dudes, but there's only one dick.
2: Yes, <laughs> I I guess it's because I I just I love all the concepts so much. um... I was reading a lot of like Mitem fics to try and figure out how other people wrote it and I was like you know, I was thinking of um like Simbrock was like another kind of big thing I was thinking of. Um uh and I was just thinking around with like so I had made a point, um, earlier on in this fic to ex- for Cass to actually explain how he's making the the projection and everything. Um, basically just taking the um The electrical signals that Dean is getting from his senses and he's basically just kind of manipulating them so Dean gets a sense of a body and you know Cass being there so we actually get Misha Cass um so I had uh just kind of thought about it and I just was trying to figure out something that was just a little bit different and as I was writing the scene it just kind of came along as well what would you do if a guy's a you know a projection well there's only one dick so and it just kind of went from there um (laughs) Yeah, I I actually really enjoyed writing that. It's like one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing. <laughs> Cuz it's really it was really terrifying with the nightmare, but then they were really sweet to each other and it's just it's fun and just I was really proud of myself for writing that. and I don't write smut very often, so that was like hee hee.
1: <laughs> no, it turned out really good. Yeah, you should be proud of that one. Indeed, it's so it's probably, Definitely yeah. one of my favorite uh scenes as well. I had quite a few favorites, but hell yeah. Do you have any uh scenes that kind of stick out for you with this one ellen um
0: man i just loved let me think this this is like the first one i read out of all of these so it's, it's a little <laughs> okay. while ago now so it's coming back to me which scenes lo- belong
1: to this fic is the question <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: i love that when that when he can first see Cass and he realizes that he looks like a guy from a tv show that that he likes watching um <laughs> i thought that was hilarious but also, when he eventually says, like, you don't have to wear that trench coat, like, you can wear whatever you want. And then he changes, and it's really good. Like, <laughs> when he first sees him, and he's like, he's wearing a waistcoat. And like, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of br- the blue screen kind of thing that, that Dean does whenever that happens.
1: It's Apparently I am Dean, because one of the notes that I made for this episode on this fic is literally just that Ripley took all my favorite parts of season four and put them in a waistcoat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's amazing! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great. <laughs> oh man, I had just, so I had just been looking, um, obviously when the well when the fic starts, Cass shows up and not his typical attire, he's wearing the black suit that, um we've seen of the behind the scenes shoot of Misha doing, he has the black outfit and everything. And so I was like, sure. I was just, I think I was on Pinterest or something. And I was looking for reference photos. And I saw Misha in this outfit of the, the black waistcoat, the gray shirt and the red tie. And I was just like, wouldn't it be funny if Cass changed his outfit just once. And then it Mm -hmm. ended up becoming this huge moment of character development for him and him making a choice to do something, because it actually kind of goes into how, with the angel possession and everything, that, you know, angels are kind of just, they force the, the their host, their vessel to just do whatever, and so Cass was actually trying to go out of his way, even though he was still looking like the, the, the actor, he was still trying to make it his own version by making up an outfit for himself, and the fact that it kind of, like, killed Dean's mental you know, capacity for a little while was just an added benefit, but it was <laughs> yeah, just so it goes funny on
0: for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it just, it just, every time he sees him, he just goes, "Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's me." <laughs> that
2: that was just me.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, this has got such lovely, sweet, um kind of romantic um kind of overtones. And later on, when they're they're finally getting to know each other, and they're Looking out for one another. I think this is all with all of these possession fics especially. I realized um, part of the reason that we love reading Destiel fix so much is that even though the show kind of accidentally wrote its way into a romance and you know included a lot of either accidental or on purpose romantic tropes for Dean and Cass, um, it wasn't ever written as a romance. Like you, you know, you can. There's plenty of times when they're they're not. Nice to each other or they just they don't think about one another, whereas if it was written as a romance, they like we do in fanfic, they are always focused on each other uh-huh. and um, you know doing things for each other uh, on purpose rather than you know in the in the oh, I don't know I'm not explaining this very well, but I mean in the show, they they do things for each other out of friendship, but it doesn't always come across as being. It's not intended to be romance in the first place. Right. So, it, you know, it doesn't come through. Does that make sense? I'm I'm yes. rambling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, it just reminded me how much I love re- reading like actually intentional romance in in fanfic.
2: And the the best part about it is that you don't really have to change them very much to make it work. So, I don't know. No, exactly. You know, yeah. it just it's just there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, there are, you know, there, there's, there's definitely some some romance in this fic even if it's not I want to say not intentional but
0: it's oh no I mean in the fic it's it's definitely intentional like it's written as a romance so it's it's it is written as a romance but even
1: the characters themselves um, kind of you know necessarily Canon Dean I don't necessarily associate him as being like a romantic person necessarily until he reaches like a certain point of being able to let go of being a hunter like Mm -hmm. I just can't picture that for him Mm. um but, and you know, Cass as well, yeah, maybe he could be, but this is very season four, Cass. like, yeah, <laughs> he's got a ways to go before before that could happen, um, but there's, there's definitely a little of that, like you know there's even a scene where Cass pulls the candles out, like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> it might, it might be slightly tainted somewhat, later. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but i I like that it was a nice like it was done in such a way that it, it worked completely for the fic and the characters at the time. Um, but, it, and it was kind of nice to, to see canon characters doing that. Right. Don't usually get a lot of that kind of like romantic trope style romance in canon fics. Right. Um, so even though this was, like I said, I, I won't, <sighs> <laughs> how spoilery are we going here? I don't know. Go spoilery. So Come on was... now. <laughs> well, it was slightly manipulative, <laughs> even if not intentionally so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that does you. kind of maybe taint it a right. little bit, but it doesn't like cheapen what it actually was and the genuine intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, as usual, they just don't communicate well.
0: Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you don't have to have, you know, candles and, you know r- you know, a fire or whatever to make it. Romantic. I just, you, you just don't. have to be. But I think
1: that's the kind of romance that those characters are usually better at. Like the romance that's not the candles and stereotypical yeah. romantic romance. Right. Romantic romance. Oh gosh, I'm so eloquent. <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> Tropey romance.
1: <laughs> yes. Like they're very good at being romantic usually in their own way. Yes. Yeah. But not necessarily in the stereotypical ways. Right. So it was nice to basically essentially get to see them go on a date and do all these lovely things even if maybe they didn't initially intend it that way.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> then
1: later on to get this kind of like like lovely like candlelit kind of scene going on. So it's like we had some of those tropes in there but done in such a way that it was still completely them. Yes. which was wonderful.
2: I'm so glad. I'm so glad <laughs> that worked.
1: <laughs> so who was your favorite character to write Ripley? Like I have to ask this because I remember specifically you talking about a scene where the the characters kind of went off in a slightly different direction than you expected, but you went with it in the end, I think. Um, (laughs) But I'm Um, curious as to who your favorite character was to write. Oh, gosh. Um,
2: So in the, I guess, spoilers, um, I really enjoyed, you know, Dean and Cass. Um, Sam became a a, a bit of a, a favorite. I really enjoyed having him there as much as he was and i enjoyed their dynamic as a trio um honestly i would have to say that like like so spoiler gabriel shows up because of course he is and um gabriel is like my favorite character and i love getting him into into chaos and and making him show up and just basically just kind of uh kind of redeem himself a little bit from the asshole he was from the show um he's still an asshole obviously but he he redeems himself a little bit he tries to anyway but um i think gabriel was was my favorite when he's on screen but anna became a little bit of a surprise favorite for me because she went in a different direction than i was expecting i was expecting to just kind of I wanted to make her a little bit more in depth. Um, when I was going through it, I was like, "Okay, Anna's going to be here, but I don't want her to be the damsel in distress that she was in the show. I want her to have a little bit more agency." And then she became like this really cool character. I was not expecting. I was like, "Okay,
1: nice." Yeah. <laughs> and we even got a little bit of like a kind of Dean Cast shipper Anna there, which was yes! fun. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a an uh, 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 insert for for a few seconds there. <laughs> um but yeah i was just having so much fun playing up the trope of um like anna and dean and you know it's like oh they like each other but then if you go back i actually planted seeds here and there of like um uh, unreliable narrators between everybody Mm -hmm. again one of those easter eggs just to see if people go back and notice it but it's like cast will be like oh, Anna gets along with everybody and she gets along with Sam and she insulted Sam. Like, it just... <laughs> or, like, uh, Anna will be like, yeah, Dean took care of everything by himself. I'm just here, you know. We're we're fine. We're not, you know. It, I was playing around with, like, them misinterpreting things, like, not everywhere because I hate it when fics do that too much, but I was trying to play around with it a little bit. So, it's like, oh, okay, Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: No, I liked it. I liked Anna a lot more that in this fic than I usually do. I'm not like the biggest fan of her generally. Um, I, th- I just think it's one of those characters where like they had a lot of potential. Yeah. And it just just didn't just didn't make good use of it, in my particular opinion. <laughs> um yeah. Anna, so that just frustrates me. Um so she's not a character I use a lot or generally enjoy reading fics where Mm. It's kind of a lot of Anna, unless it's, uh, mind you, we didn't see that much of her. So in a lot of fics, you know, writers can kind of make her what they want up to a point. Um, So there are some really good characterizations of her out of there because of that. But I'm 100% putting all of the credit for that on the fic writers and not on the show. (laughs) The originals. Um, Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So I did like Anna a lot more than I expected in this. Um, I loved Gabriel, I really like your <laughs> Gabriel because my the reasons why I love Gabriel aren't because there there's so much in him. Like, yes, he is this like funny trickster kind of guy, and a lot of fics lean into that. Mm-hmm. But he could also just like, you know, kill you with a click of his fingers, and he is well aware of that. <laughs> right. Um so I kind of like it when yeah, he's a little bit of an asshole and doesn't seem to forget how powerful he is which in a lot of fix, it's kind of I don't know, I've seen him written almost as if he was stupid a lot <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just like, he's really not like, he's probably one of the smartest characters in the show Um, He's just really quite selfish mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that said affectionately like I said, I really like the character, but you can't particularly, I don't think, argue that he's not one of the most selfish characters in the show though he does try to kind of redeem himself for that yeah um at various points and i like it because your gabriel very much embodies that to me like there's no point in this story where even when he's you know doing nice things or helping them out there's no point where he's not potentially very dangerous and might actually just no spoilers but might just you know
0: change his mind <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's i really really canon. That. like he does do that <laughs> in the show a exactly lot, that's too. why i like
1: it. it's a really good yeah. um version of it yeah gabriel's one of my favorite characters but like i said i really like that kind of very very canon gabriel i guess i like him in au's too and i obviously give him a lot more leeway in au's because you can do whatever you want in an au no problem you can do whatever you want in any fic it's your own fic but <laughs> um obviously in au's i will accept many different kinds of gabriel just kind of taking certain aspects of his personality because in different situations he could be a completely different person right um but I do love it in canon fics where we get that kind of badass Gabriel.
0: <laughs> I love... This This fic has a one of the most satisfying last few chapters. Uh, <sighs> like, the, the whole epic kind of... I don't want to give anything away, but the, <laughs> um, it's hard to actually talk about it without giving it away. But the kind of epic stuff that happens before, you know, Cass actually has his own body again is, um, is just brilliant. I, I couldn't put the fic down. I was like on the edge of my seat for the whole last few chapters yes. um, until we <laughs> worked out what happened. It was so good. Um,
2: oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, that was again, wish fulfillment. I was like, all right, we're, we're doing this right. Dang it. And we're going to fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, I. um Yeah, not too. Maybe we too. can
0: go into full spoilers and just talk about what happened at the end then, because that's really. Yes, yes. I okay, so spoiler so alert. Spoiler yes. Alert. Spoiler alert. Um. So, let me get this right. He, Cass gets taken back to hell, captured, and taken back to hell. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel gives Dean wings so he can go to hell and rescue him. Yes. Which is just such an inspired um you know, plot twist there at the end. It's brilliant. Yes.
1: Yes! How did,
0: how, like oh. what was uh how did you come up with that one? It's like
2: oh. such a good Um Okay, so <laughs> this is gonna be kind of funny, but so it, it came uh so obviously you're writing it week to week and you're you know, trying to think of like, oh, it's gonna be a really good wrap up for this story. It's it's getting to be kind of like this epic and i didn't mean for it to um so a friend of mine actually was like i'm listening to this song and i think of your dean and Cass in contingency when i listen to it um and it's um varlovian or jay a friend of ours and uh Mm -hmm. she had sent us uh she had sent me the link for this song from a band that was her favorite and it's called uh halo by starset and it's basically like even though it's supposed to be set in space and everything the lyrics are like you know you're going to be taken by the darkness but i'm going to come get you by the light of the halo we're going to get you back and i'm just like oh oh no i have to it basically just kind of came from that whole song um like yep okay we're doing this and it uh it was just i really wanted to do something epic it it was basically like one of the tags says you know it's 15 you know, 1518 finale feels done right. Um, we needed that epic rescue, and I wanted it to go completely full circle. So we go, so Gabriel gives him wings, and we're gonna go get Cass, and we're gonna go back to where Dean came out of hell, so that they can go get him. And I was just, I was like, okay, I'm, we're gonna figure this out. And yep, yeah, I was just, I'm glad it worked as well as it did, 'cause it was a, it was a big kind of change in tone and everything but i think it worked really well so i'm glad it came off well
0: yeah yes i I definitely
1: agree that it worked really well i think the way everything took like that last kind of twist and like the last chapter probably one of my favorites of the whole book. so
0: yeah i finished it and i went whoa that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) since we're um
2: uh Talking uh, spoilers, I guess at this point, um, the whole the whole subplot about the actor just yeah. it started from an Easter egg. There was this was never planned, um, <laughs> so it just started with the Easter egg at the you know the gas station magazine cast. Why do you look like this actor guy? And then it just turned into oh, this is going to be the subplot that's going to save the day. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I kind of love it when that happens, like honestly. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unconscious writer brain. It's doing more than we think it is sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm very much like a planner when it comes mm-hmm. to fix for the most part. Um, But I always feel, feel, I think of myself as like a, like a flexi planner. Yeah. <laughs> like I will plan and then I'll be writing along and then suddenly something will happen and be like, well, I guess I'm adding in a few more scenes because of this or... And that, unfortunately, is how my fix get longer and longer and longer as I write them. It's a hazard.
2: Oh, yeah, this was this was originally, I was like, oh, this will be like 50k. <laughs> and then yeah, um, right. 123,000 words later. I'm blaming it on Jasper, though, because every time I'd send them an, an, a draft, they'd tell me um, they'd want to see more details in like the surroundings and everything. I'm like, okay. So now it's
1: just... <laughs> So we're Details. just blaming everything not- on Jasper, right? Yep. I hope that they listen to this. <laughs> I'm making
2: them. I was like, I'm going to be on the mixtape podcast, bestie. They were like, holy crap. Uh, so, yeah.
1: I um, Well, shout out to Jasper in that case. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, because this fic definitely would not be anywhere near as good as it is with without them. Like, it was the dream team. It had to be both of us, so...
1: Mm-hmm. but yeah uh-huh. so. that's a really nice point to bring up actually because I always say like you know writing fanfic is, is is fun and you put a lot of effort and time into it but there are definitely days where I feel like I am only ever as good at it as my best um, beta is yes so.
2: absolutely <laughs> yep oh man I am so glad so I'm glad you guys liked it oh man this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> I loved it
1: Yes. I also loved the fact that just in just in general, um, you're kind of as much of a nerd as I am. So <laughs> as I was reading through this, I, I feel like that helps make, um, especially Dean, writing from his point of view, kind of makes him feel more genuine. There's a specific point in this fic where Dean is still, it's kind of thanks to some outside influences, as Dean is still trying to work out whether Cass is is, is good or bad or... Who exactly it is that's that's lying to him here? Because clearly somebody is, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot going on, and, and so obviously in Dean's head there is one point, one particular paragraph where he just boils it down to like a Batman metaphor, <laughs> 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 and he's trying to work out if Cass is like, you know, the 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 anti-hero or if he's actually just the villain here, and is he just like Joker Dent is what you say? At yes. One
2: point. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even Did think about it. Yeah, is before
0: I, we knew about
1: oh, last I, when year. When I read that, I was
0: like, "Oh, this is before yep. we knew about that." <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Oh man, I, like, read, I back, should... read it back through. I was like, first of all, that's on point." Second yeah. of all,
0: <laughs> <laughs> amazing—the gift oh. of prophecy.
2: Oh my gosh, I need to go play some lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's so that's so awesome. Ah, so, um, can I can I tell you guys something? Uh. I, yes, have time, always. I have I have timestamps coming out <laughs> and I'm really excited for them.
1: Timestamps. Oh,
0: excellent. Yes.
2: yes, so we're I'm planning on at least 3 um we're going to get Dean and Cass's first date as two dudes, two dicks. That'll be a tag. <laughs> two dudes with two dicks. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. Um
2: <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually planning on writing uh another one that's Anna Pam, what their off-screen date looked like. It's, um, not what you're thinking. And then something (laughs) (laughs) and then something with Sam and Gabriel. I haven't quite figured out their whole thing yet, but something with them. Yes.
1: Um, I love them in this. Um, I'm so glad I was going to bring it
2: up. The Sabriel if you squint. No.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I love that tag. Because it's it's not there enough that it's going to put anybody off who is just not into Into that ship at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've spoken about this on the podcast before, where they are a ship for me personally, and obviously ship and let ship always in in my book, Mm -hmm. but they're a ship for me personally that I cannot get into just out of the box. Like, you have to put some work in to make them work for me. Um, I really enjoy it when they do, because their dynamic is is just amazing to me when it does work. I think they're great together. but. Just out of the box, I can't see it. <laughs> right, so you've got to put some work in. Um, and and I really I enjoyed them in this one. They were great. <laughs> Plus, you could just imagine them just going off together and and doing what they do in the thick without spoiling everything, but just like gossiping and eye rolling about Dean and Cass the whole time <laughs> they were away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: oh. Yeah, so I have some I have that happening and then um there's another project happening soon, hopefully. I'm not gonna say too much about it. Mum's the word. Uh just know that there's a few people on a team contingency making some things. So uh keep an eye Ooh. out. Woot woot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Let me I've got so I wrote some notes for this and it was so long ago that my notes are too cryptic and I don't know what they mean. So let me feel, <laughs> tell you this note and maybe you can help me <laughs> Just work it read out. Them
1: out yeah. yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> the, the one I've got here is Dean gives a pep talk to himself via shouting at his dad.
1: Yes. yes I
0: love that. Oh, I, obviously I loved, I loved it. it too, but right now I don't remember what happened. Okay. Did he so, shouted his dad. <laughs>
2: so um, in the, so in the fic in chapter 10, uh, when basically the guys are at Bobby's house um, Sam is basically helping Dean learn how to work with Cass. And so Dean is having the mental block of, Am I going to be a monster if I accept Cass's help and like use his abilities in in like a fight or something? Um right. and so he goes kind of off into the junkyard and he kind of has this mental talk with John and basically like tells him what the entire fandom has wanted to tell John the entire time fuck off and fuck you
0: so that's right I remember now. Mm-hmm. fantastic I was like yes yes, yes. And as it's been brought <laughs> it up I do have to mention
1: that I loved everything with um basically Dean and, and Cass kind of trying to learn how to work together. I was sucking for a, a well done training sequence. I know, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a montage. Yes. Yeah. And reading that chapter feels like a montage. So it really was. It was awesome. so much fun.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah. So okay. So was that your only cryptic one, or did you have any others? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. My other cryptic one was the smiting of Alistair. I think they. Um, but I remember what happened with that. They. They discover him, and like Cass just like obliterates him in the end, which is which was so satisfying because Alistair is such an awesome baddie, but he can be like, I guess it's nice to see him dealt with in a like really badass way.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was you know. that's my favorite way to write Cass is as a bamf. so
0: I've yep, yep.
2: <laughs> kind of had to and i love i love playing up the aspect of him as a uh, as a seraph it was something for some reason i have a headcanon um that in the show and i could be wrong again i haven't watched anything really past nine at this point so but i always kind Mm -hmm. of took Cass being a seraph as like him as his like own rank because i at least at that point when i was watching the show we had we hadn't seen another one so i kind of have him as like He's not an angel. He's all not quite an archangel. He's kind of his own power level. So I like to play up the unique things he can do, especially with fire, since he's a seraph, because they're the burning ones. So fire, good in this fic. (laughs) Um, It comes up a lot. That was not intentional. (laughs) There's a uh, Dean cracks a joke at some point about being a pyrotechnic because he keeps building burning things down, and that was like a call out to myself because I kept writing it and
1: going wait (laughs) i didn't mean to do (laughs) this continuously (laughs) i kind of love it when stories do things by themselves yeah i'm like okay i guess that's a theme
0: (laughs) makes your job easier does it
1: does it ever make you wonder about like published novels because (laughs) obviously we think that they must spend like you know years plotting and perfecting this this novel and yet when you do fanfic you learn that occasionally like the best parts of something or your favorite parts of something were never intended to begin with.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Hmm." I'm sure it happens to real authors too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. they're all real authors, but you know.
2: Traditionally published ones, let's say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally published ones.
1: Hugo Awards notwithstanding. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. (sighs) All right. right. Well, thank you for writing such an amazing story. And (laughs) I'm looking forward (laughs) to the timestamps now sure
1: go read this one everybody it's brilliant yes
2: (laughs) all right thank you guys y'all have been so cool
1: (laughs) so the second fic that we're going to discuss today is the home we make together by um vordelin i believe that's how they like that pronounced uh this fic is just under 50,000 words it's forty-eight one-three-three, eleven 11 chapters and this was also published in 2021 so unlike the last one we covered, this is a post-canon um, possession fic. So this is a consensual possession as an initial way to get Cass back after, after everything that happened to 15, which we won't get into. <laughs> we're, we're avoiding the rent. So, and the summary goes like this. In the kitchen, Dean doesn't notice the glowing syringe on the counter until he finishes filling a plastic cup with water, a sippy lid attached over its top. He blinks at the syringe, eyeing the frighteningly thick gauge of its needle, the bold glass barrel swirling with silver-blue hue, its glow muted by the folded piece of paper draped over it. Blood's in the fridge, the note says. Kaya thinks maybe this'll work? Beneath it, cramped and scribbled, as if in an afterthought. Good luck. Don't get yourself killed. Claire. Grace, extracted from a human, once possessed by an angel. The last trace is left of when an angel moves on for good. This is it. One last-its-chance to save guess. And if it doesn't work out, Dean will Dean will have to give up and finally move on. No point in keeping this chapter of his life open, making himself heart sick over impossible dreams.
0: Well, there, there you go. That's it's a long summary, but it gives you a good like you know summary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah sort of it, idea It is a of very good happens. summary. Yeah.
0: So, so Dean, Dean's tried a few things before to rescue Cass, but nothing has worked, and he does try this. Uh, spell and it does work and then interestingly he keeps it a secret for from from sam and the others for a while <laughs> I'm in this
1: one yeah which is is kind of fun
0: <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a way to, he's to, to pretend read, that like he's watching not him trying to keep the secret yeah <laughs> um i loved how domestic and warm this one was it was just because they already they've already been through that confession sort of Part, and you know, this is the end of like all of the seasons. So, Cass is more of his like almost human self, I guess. So they just go into it being like warm and domestic and married already, kind of thing.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty lovely, um, especially as they have this like like it's a completely domestic setup already, um, and Cass kind of gets gets a practice run in Dean's head before he is there physically. <laughs> which is which is fun um i also like the fact that obviously usually in possession fix nobody can can see Cass, or there's like some kind of condition um involved with them being able to see Cass. like they have to do something for other people to be able to see him that aren't dean Mm -hmm. um but this one's a little different because we have jack here who is um kid kid jack obviously after the finale he's he's Definitely not a normal kid, (laughs) Um, but he's not kind of rolling around with his godlike powers either. Um, But Jack can obviously see a lot more um, when he looks at Dean than anybody else can. Like he can kind of communicate with Cass, whereas other people wouldn't be able to. And I think this is, yeah, it works really well in this. Like just that inclusion of Jack kind of... Sometimes um, possession fix can be very kind of insular, and they're just inside Dean's head because that's kind of where most of the action is happening. <laughs> um, but this one, there's there's a lot going on like outside of Dean as well, and being able to have yeah. Jack interact with it in that way, I think it makes this work so well. And they wrote uh, little Jack so cute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. So I miss, missed missed like a major part of the setup there. Like Dean is actually living outside of the bunker now with Jack as a toddler. And he's been really struggling without Cass. Um, But yeah, this has got not just sort of Baby Jack, but uh, a lot of ensemble cast in it as well. It's got Rowena and, you know, Claire and, um, you know, all of the different people who, like Sam and Eileen, have turned the bunker into like a hunter's, um, you know, refuge kind of place again, like it was earlier in um, the seasons. So there's a lot of extra people and yeah, Dean, I think Dean feels a bit overwhelmed sometimes by all of the people like he does in the show, but um, adds extra kind of uh, depth, I guess, to the story, even though it's not, it's not a really long one, but it's, um it makes, you know, all of it uh, a lot more interesting in terms of like the relationships that Dean does, not not just what he has with Cass, but like with everybody and, and Jack as well, yeah. yeah.
1: I think the author does a really good job with this one, even though we are only really seeing Dean because it's fully in his point of view. um, They do a really good job of kind of giving you the sense of how other characters are feeling or um, for example, with Sam, you kind of see how, you know, he's kind of been worrying about Dean because he's definitely not been doing so great Mm -hmm. um, about everything with Cass, but without explicitly just kind of putting us in Sam's head and telling him telling us like how he's been feeling or watching Dean and how probably was kind of tough for him to like watch Dean after all that happened even if he doesn't know the details um they do a really good job of even in the the kind of scenes that they're in they they do a really good job of carrying that over I think even though we don't know exactly what they're thinking um and we can kind of see it maybe better than Dean does sometimes I think yeah which is fun
0: yeah it's great good
1: beautiful writing yes um Vaudlin always has lovely fix i think just really nice prose which is lovely to read Yep. so and they have an adorable nickname for jack in this story which i i won't um if we can try and keep it spoiler free then i will so i won't tell oh, you yeah. what the nickname is because mm-hmm. there's like a cute little cute little reason why they call him that um yeah and i, I don't know there's something incredibly domestic and lovely about uh dean just kind of taking being, his being whole your dad. like having raised Sam <laughs> and then just pouring it into Jack instead and basically being really good at it even though Dean being Dean I'm sure he thinks he's like you know I'm pretty sure it's explicitly said in the fic at some point that he thinks he's messing everything up um but of course he's not because we all know that Dean would probably be a brilliant dad if he got the chance yeah um mm-hmm and it's lovely to see that in this one there's a really cute scene which i will talk about because it's like right at the beginning where they literally go to like a petting zoo <laughs> and i never yeah. knew that i needed to see dean at a petting zoo but apparently i did <laughs> it was awesome yeah.
0: that was sweet oh. <laughs> did you get to read this one ripley
2: oh i did i'm just trying to like think of um things that aren't like too spoilery or anything i i really did i enjoyed it and it's it's funny because like i said i i I haven't actually watched like half the show so so reading um fics like this where they're later canon um i probably don't get as much as someone who's actually watched all of canon would but i still get a lot out of it and i really enjoyed seeing the domestic um scenery with jack and then it ends up being that like this is like set during the holidays so we get some holiday shenanigans going on and then they're um which was just a lot of fun i was Reading it, um, and then it it became a thing of I need to read this, and then it became no, I actually have to sit here and read this. I'm going to stay up till two a.m. to read this. Dang it! <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but it was worth it. It was it was so good. So I I'm glad this was on the list.
1: Yeah, it was really enjoyable in on like multiple levels. Like I feel like it gave us a really good like ending to the series without like going into depth about um, how things went down mm-hmm. with Chuck and how. You know they kind of changed the the ending that we got in the show to make it work without spending a bunch of time going into that it still felt like everything was tied up really well mm-hmm. and then we had this whole kind of uh i think the, the fic begins correct me if i'm wrong anybody i think it was about six months after um 15 18 kind of that sort of area yeah um and we also get kind of an idea like without even like there's no flashbacks or like long conversations basically explaining how things had been for dean there are some mentions of you know him moving out of the bunker and that kind of stuff um but Mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot of it is centered around jack and how he moved out jack's a toddler and that kind of stuff but at the same time you still manage to get a really kind of almost like gutting impression of how things were for dean um if you know that he's been trying to get Cass back the fact that it this is like his like his last try, like his last idea. And that even though he doesn't want to, he kind of knows he's going to have to give up after this if he doesn't get him back. Mm. Um, just not just for, because they have no other ideas, but just for his own kind of emotional, like sanity, <laughs> if that's a thing. It's like the last drill um, kind of thing. Yeah, that he knows he's going to have to try and like let things go and move on if this doesn't work. And just by kind of phrasing things that way, it already gives you a really harrowing, impression of how things were for Dean for that entire six months that they've been trying everything. Absolutely. So yeah. And I love the fact that the author managed to do that without even explicitly showing us any of it. Yeah. So so they kind of put all of that in, but then managed to make this actually quite like a like a soft, warm thick, even though it has all of those emotions kind of hidden in the background. Just talent, I think. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This one is explicit as well, but um, I think they managed to have... Um, oh, I'm just trying to remember. They managed to have a sex scene just with um, Cass kind of taking over and jerking Dean off, basically, with his own hand.
1: Right? I yeah. I remember yeah. right? I like those ones. It's such a unique uh, trope to this kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I think it's a really fun way to do things. I liked how they addressed very distinctly in this one as well, um, which most position fix do, like, like they handle it in different ways, but like Dean kind of going to shower, essentially, with Cass in his head and that kind of stuff, um, that he's he's never alone, even when maybe he might want to be. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right.
1: And I did laugh a little bit in that this one, kind of, Dean kind of you know, kind of like braces himself and goes to take the plunge, like, right, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to shower. Cass is in here. This is fine. I want things to be heading in this direction. So it's great. And Cass just nopes out. He's just like, no, okay. I'll I'll be back later. Bye. Not going to make you uncomfortable. (laughs) You're like, damn it, Cass. No.
0: (laughs) I I like that. He's a little bit disappointed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's like, dang it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's a lovely fig. I like this one
1: yeah this, this one like just gives me the the soft like oh there are definitely very emotional parts in this but i just love the the softness and domestici- bleh, <laughs> domesticity <laughs>
0: yes i think i think having a kid involved helps a lot with that <laughs> because they you know you get to see the softness of in all of them then when there's a kid there
1: yes and i this Setup like this is one of my favorites for Sam and Dean in any kind of post-canon uh, fic because I am very much a fan of you know them them being brothers and all of that. Like I love their dynamic, and to me that's a very key, in part, not just of the show but of Destiel as well. Like you, you need a Sam for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but in this one, I, I love the way they do it because you know they do give them what to me is a much healthier ending like they are very much still brothers they are still the same people that they were but they can have their own lives <laughs> they can actually absolutely and think, they deserve you know, it do what canon never managed to give it give them yeah
2: um yes. something that i really liked in this one was um not going to go in, in, into too much spoilers or anything but like the the big uh, jack has a little bit of a uh, some issues going on later later on and I was pleasantly surprised as to what was causing his woes essentially um, is that too vague or can I kind of like go into it
1: uh, I get it <laughs> but <laughs> how much of a spoiler do we want to give on I don't think I don't think that particular is gonna be too much of a spoiler, spoiler. if we talk about that a little bit okay but.
2: I just thought it was um, really cool that because it Jack starts throwing tantrums and they can't like quite figure out why he's he's doing it and it's I thought it was just really sweet the idea of it being that because obviously Dean takes it as oh well he freaks out it's because he wants Cass and we're you know we're sharing a body and I just love the fact that he was corrected to be no Jack wants both of us at the same time he wants both of his parents there and it's like oh. (laughs) That's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so I was not like, expecting it felt that. It very
1: true to how toddlers are as well. That like, uh, uh, you know, they don't necessarily have as many ways to communicate as we do. Right. Um, and so Jack was was dealing with his emotions in the only way that he knew how. And that felt kind of very, very true to me yeah. like, as a parent when I read it. So and kids are often a lot more emotionally intelligent than people give them credit for Yeah. so Mm -hmm. having having Jack being like that didn't suddenly break the immersion of him being a toddler or anything like that like it worked very much in it's favour for me
2: yeah it made perfect sense and I don't have kids or anything but I've just from like the youngsters I've seen it seems like on point Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep no I think that's part of the reason why it's so um so sweet and and because it's ver- it's very realistic as to what a, like obviously jack is a bit more um there's a bit more going on with him than just being a toddler again but because obviously he can see he knows that cas is there even though <laughs> you can't see him mm-hmm. right but um but he, he had realistic um kind of reactions based on you know what a kid would have so yeah getting it re- real.
1: Alright, trying to think if there's anything else specific that I wanted to say about this one that I can say that won't just spoil the whole fic for people. Where's <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. well, a tough line to walk. So Oh yeah, Ripley already mentioned that there's a part of this set at Christmas, um, which I, I really like. Something about like Christmas in the bunker or something, like I just I enjoy that for some reason. Um and they go on what they very specifically pull in the prose, a Christmas tree hunt, which is a whole different kind of hunt for these people to go on. But I loved it. I thought it was wonderful, like even though obviously it was the middle of summer when I read this. Right. Like I'm one of those people like I don't I don't care. I will read Christmas fics all year round. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. I'm I am probably gonna like put this on the side and reread it again near Christmas time though. I'm gonna add it to my like seasonal fic list. Yes. It's a great idea actually.
0: You can just get yeah. the Southern Hemisphere Christmas feel.
1: Yeah <laughs> by reading Christmas fics
0: in the heat in the summer. <laughs> Right.
1: No, no. I moved away from all of that nonsense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too, funnily enough. Um but <laughs> the other way around, you know. They Hold it. at Christmas time? What is this crap? Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, my family have barbecues on the beach at Christmas and I'm just like, no. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Shall we move on to the last one? Then.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so the, the third fic is called Terror and Desire Intertwined and it's by Rupert Gaze. It was published in 2020 and um, it's 11,000 words long, so a little bit shorter than the other ones that we've talked about so far. And, well, a lot shorter um, <laughs> compared to the contingency. Um, this one's also explicit, um, they all are. So um, the summary is short and sweet it just says faced with Castiel suffering a fate worse than death Dean makes the decision to let Cass use his body as a temporary vessel all things considered Dean thinks it could have gone worse this one's set during season 14 oh, season so 14. Before, uh, before Jack kind of loses his soul um, when things are just sort of in a normal place where they're just doing hunts together still and um I I think it's after no it must be before Michael's kind of death and defeat because they do mention Michael at one point isn't that where Jack burns up his soul like killing Michael yeah i think so so it must be before like that, that. <laughs> i'm not sure anyway it's all it's it's divergent anyway yeah. so it's all a bit like hand-wavy vague but around that kind of time zone so jack is involved yeah. in um
1: yeah, I'm just trying to, like, they, they kind of talk about it a little bit in the note. They don't give it like a specific episode necessarily, but they just say, you know, empty deal hasn't been made. Um, and, but we know that Chuck, uh, before Chuck was revealed to be the big bad all along and Jack's on an extended vacation, which I think needs to be a tag because there are so many fix. where <laughs> it's just like, okay, so we don't need to add Jack into this one. It's just going to complicate it. It's not the focus, but he exists in canon. So what are we doing with him? <laughs> Yeah, I've had so yeah. many fixes where I'm like oh I want to write this and I'm like well, damn what do I do with Jack <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so and I, I, I enjoy Jack as a character but sometimes if you're writing to he doesn't necessarily need to be there Like, <laughs> so what do you do yeah. with him Jack's on an extended vacation
0: yeah so in this one um, they're, 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 having, they're on a hunt and then um, Cass gets injured and then has to um, you know hop into Dean basically <laughs> and then Mm -hmm. they they rescue his body but they have to wait for a little while before they can reverse whatever spell was um causing it so Dean and cast have to spend a bit of time sharing Uh, yeah
1: a little little, tiny bit angsty for a while there but not not too much not, not a ton of angst going on but some notably
0: yeah um there is it does get kind of dark like it's it it's written so well in this that it on one hand, it's got um, Sam having a really funny reaction to how Dean and Cass keep talking to each other, and, and not like he he's gets confused because Dean keeps talking loud and he's like, No, I'm talking to Cass. And it sounds like, You guys are crazy. Um,
1: <laughs> but then. Yeah, I think one of my favorite tropes from any possession fic like this is that <laughs> moment where Sam is sat there like, I'm still here, you know? like Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <hello>. I'm Who <having, laughs> are you talking to? You?
0: Stop having. You're staring into space again. What is, are you having a conversation in your head again? Like, yeah. Poor Sam. But it does. It does. So on one on one hand, it's got this light hearted kind of this is kind of funny that we're sharing a body kind of thing. But then uh, there's there's a lot of dark kind of nightmares and kind of trauma that they that Dean and Cass both go through in this speak because they have to work out what they're what you know what's uh, why they're having these nightmares where they're reliving all their you know times they've lost each other and have disagreed and all that kind of thing so um, there is like yeah even though it's balanced by this light heartedness there is quite a lot of angst in there
1: yeah because I mean Dean has a lot of trauma and Cass has a lot of trauma <laughs> and if you stick them all in one body yeah. it, I mean they're not going to cancel each other out really are they? But it's just going to get worse at that point trauma on trauma
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're sharing a body also they are sharing their emotions so they're you know they have this beautiful kind of um, acceptance and, and love. They know that they're in love, you know, before too long. But then once they, I'm going sort of spoiling what happens, but not really, but they do, you know, get cast back in his own body. And after that, Dean goes into this doubt thing again, where he's like, oh, he doesn't actually want me. Like, I'm not worthy yep. of this. Back you to know. that whole, they yeah, so that, that adds all. an extra <laughs> kind of layer to it all until they work it out in the end. So, yeah, I just really loved the way that it was, um, you know the different angsty kind of moments were explored, and it all it has a beautiful resolution I think end. So,
1: yeah, I loved the ending of this fic. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed the nightmares as well. That makes me sound terrible, yeah, but... no, they were they
0: were really terrifying. <laughs> yeah,
1: they were written really well, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know so they were kind of scary, and you could feel like the impact that they had on the characters, which was great. Mm-hmm. So, and I love that. I love kind of dipping into the darker, more uncomfortable parts of Dean, and in this case, it's Cass's psyche, so I enjoyed that, very well done (laughs) one of my only notes for this, in I I now roughly remember the context but I just wrote down with like four exclamation points, Garth has an underground dental office oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) which I just thought was brilliant, it has like a basement dental office, it's like such a passing mention but it left an impression (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I love fix with Garth in them like we need more fix that have Garth I think yes.
2: <laughs> yes absolutely I'm kind of sad I don't use him more as a character in some of my stuff I'm like he's such a great character I need to use him more
0: yeah he's brilliant mm-hmm. so. this is also one that um, started off like in one of the tags is this was originally going to be a PWP but now it's over 30 30- thousand words of plot ending in smart so yep <laughs> uh, oh smart was so good though we feel yeah
1: we've all been there
0: <laughs> it is it is a good smart this one definitely
1: yes it was it was worth the wait so it's all good
0: i can't remember this this is like it doesn't actually specifically have the two dudes one dick tag but i think do these guys have it says metaphysical sex but <laughs> does that mean that they?
1: oh yeah um
0: do they actually get it on before Cass gets out of there?
2: They so in this one, I believe. So they, I, th- uh, they're separate, and then they go out to like I don't remember if it was an actual barn or if they're just outside or something. But basically, Cass goes back into Dean, and then they have their they they oh, had their right. their moment. Um, Dean said it was like, like almost like a like an invisible orgy was pawing him. I was like, oh, that's such good imagery. Oh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I
0: remember. Yeah, some really, really beautiful, um, evocative writing in this one in general. Not just the smutty bits, but like all of it. <laughs> all of it, really, absolutely. It's really gorgeous. Yeah.
2: Such good, such good choices, and they, and they cover so many different canons, and they cover so many different types to play around with how the possession works between the two of them which I thought was really cool because there, there were times when I was reading the other fix, and there were things that I wish I had tried with contingency that I had thought about like playing around with more of like maybe D, D not being able to see Cass him just being a voice for more of the story or things of that nature because it works so well in these other fix, and I just I love the how people are able to play around with it so much
1: I really I know um, yeah I know you touched on it um, earlier but I think one of the most effective things um, in this for me was it kind of, it front, front loads the possession. There's no like long setup of Dean and Cass and then the possession happens and it helps fix their relationship because they finally understand each other, which is a perfectly valid um, kind of format for these fics that, that happens quite often. But this one jumps them straight into the possession part and then kind of the, the back end of the fic is almost the reverse like in in some ways it makes things harder for them for a little while yeah um because they have they realize that they actually have to communicate outside of (laughs) outside of their heads and they're not good at it they're just not good and somehow sharing a brain for a while has not fixed that which i quite like because like you get you get this early like Hope like oh yay they they know they love each other now everything's gonna be great nope. and then <laughs> nope because <laughs> it's not changed who they are as people um and, and I really like that I've not I, as far as I recall anyway this is the only fic that I remember that kind of uses that format instead of although it allows them to be honest with each other it doesn't magically fix them yeah um and it doesn't you know it, it's like I said quite quite early in the fic I think they stop. Being kind of to let me see, trying to work out. There's at least a whole like this is only five chapters. Uh, They're quite long chapters, but uh, this is only five chapters. But I think at least the whole last one and maybe some of the fourth one. I'm not even sure. um,
0: It's just them trying to sort out their shit without knowing what each other's thinking anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's more realistic to canon. To be honest, like um, Mm -hmm. they're both still their emotionally constipated selves. Uh, yeah. They need to work through that to actually tell each other what they're thinking, rather than just knowing. Yes. So, And
1: I love any fic where they get to go back and deal with some of the many mistakes that both of them have made. And right. I like that this fic, first of all, didn't kind of only have it be one of them that's rehashing things and apologising for things or explaining why things happened, whereas they've just not talked yeah. about stuff before. Um, it was both of them, and they mm-hmm. they were both doing it. And even though they were kind of in some ways forced to do it by this kind of position that they'd been put in, um, they did kind of, kind of volunteer for it in the end. Um, I think this is the only fic that I've ever seen where they kind of decide to Almost they, they they go deeper, almost even though they're already doing the possession thing. they do like gay and African dreamers yes, um oh, things so that right, they can yeah. kind of control what's happening during like these nightmares and things that they're having, so I love that even even possession can't sort these two out. They still need to go a little bit further, <laughs> so.
0: yeah. yeah, and they yeah. unintentionally reveal things that um they never sort of told each other had happened, like yeah Uh, because i
1: think almost all of us want to see there's certain things in canon that like one of them was dead for or just not there for and i think everybody has their own personal thing that they just kind of like want to scream and shake them and knock their heads together and be like tell him about that right (laughs) (laughs) and yeah they never do and it's frustrating like so much wasted potential um Mm -hmm. like all the even like going way back in the seasons like all the stuff with um naomi and the like Multiple dead deans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm like, did yeah. was that ever mentioned? No, it wasn't. But I want to know what would happen if it was.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, and like, uh casting Dean preparing him his body for the pyre and all that kind of thing. It's just like, he never knew that that had happened in canon. Yeah. You uh, know.
1: And like, would he have thought differently about things if he had realized?
0: Yeah, it's effective. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it works really well to do it this way. Like this one, I feel like the. Mm-hmm possession part is more of a tool to do other things within the fic like obviously it, the focus is still on the possession but it just kind of it just unlocks a lot of other things that they can do in this fic which is cool
0: yeah it's like forced <laughs> therapy yes in like yes a <laughs> beat you around the head what? kind of way oh god do they need <laughs> it
1: yes no i love it so yeah angstier and darker than the other two um, I would say in, in order of angst, I would say like Fordlands is at the bottom and then Contingency and then probably this one. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of angsty things that happen in Contingency, but they, they're dealing with them in real time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Whereas this is more like intense happening in your head, very deliberately angsty. Yeah. Um, But I still didn't like when I finished it, it was one of those fics that even though angsty things were happening, I didn't finish it and feel like I'd just read like 40 thousand words of angst that wasn't the feeling that it left me with
0: yeah that's satisfying very satisfying ending yeah
1: a true angst with a happy ending which is my favorite kind absolutely torture me torture them make it hurt in good ways and bad ways (laughs) um but you know give them a happy ending just make it better (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah all right this is one of those ones where I feel like we really can't say too much else without spoiling like all of the cool nightmares and things and the effort that the author put into doing them. But I definitely want to encourage everybody to read this Go one because it. it's not yeah. super long. Like we said, it's only thirty eight thousand words. <laughs> not super long, thirty eight thousand words. I know some people are gonna yell at me for saying that. Um but
0: it's even compared shorter to than the that, others isn't it Am I, did I say it This wrong was at the not only beginning? eleven. Did I um, hang on is it
1: it's 38,000 words for sure. Oh, okay. I, I have got this one yes, right. Yes, now, okay. I promise.
0: Yeah, well, I was when you said it was five chapters I'm like, how can it be five chapters if it's only 11,000 words? No, I I just wrote it down wrong on the on the sheet. It's all yeah. good. Yeah.
1: So, it's still shorter compared to the other ones. But, and for me, it was a short fic because that's I think it just depends on reading speed. I could read several fics this length in a day without much issue, but I know some people Get upset when I say that thirty thousand or forty thousand words is a short fic, so <laughs> which is reasonable, perfectly reasonable. Um, <laughs> yep. But it's it's the shorter of these ones, yes. so I would say, you know, encourage people to read it because it's definitely a, a really good intro in uh, introduction to this author's writing as well. I have read several fics of theirs. Um, I really enjoy them. I believe you can follow them on uh, TikTok and such, but definitely try them out because I really enjoy them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Love me some canon fic.
0: Yeah. All right, we'd um, better go and um, suggest a few other ones. Uh, I've got one that I can start with. I read uh, a, an anonymous fic, so it's been been orphaned, so it's by anonymous. Um, it's called Being Dean Winchester. Um, it's only 20,000 words long. And apparently I it's one of those ones where you get to the end and you hit kudos and I already left... Kudos. Ah, like, the look, curse! You know, I, I have no memory of this place. I don't know oh, why, no. because it's it's brilliant, it's amazing. It's like okay, so this is one also where if you don't want to read about um, Dean and Cass with other people, then because some people don't don't like that. Um, this does have like an actual scene, sex scene with a woman, where Dean actually has sex with a woman while Cass is possessing him. So it's kind of like a threesome but with only two people and um like one watching you know <laughs> it's um so there is there is actual heterosexual sex in this um but then and then after that later um I think Dean and Cass actually get it on by uh Cass controlling his limbs and joking him off so super hot um I think this is fairly early in the 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 show um It diverges very early. So Dean is sort of in a, he's not already in love with Cass kind of thing. He's in his younger kind of, I'm just going to go and have sex with this girl and I don't care what you think, angel in my head, you know, Um, (laughs) which is an interesting dynamic um, to start with. It is, it's set during season four. So it's like after the, you should show me some respect kind of comments. Um, So he's, he's at the stage where he's kind of annoyed with Cass because he's not, helping them you know in that in the middle of season four there he's like who is this guy he says he's he's you know an angel and he's come to help us but he's not helping at all kind mm-hmm. of thing. so um they've got this case that they're they're going around so there are some case fit kind of elements to it but then there's also these like sexy scenes in between so yeah I, I really enjoyed it I, I wish uh that we still knew who the author was because um I'd definitely read some more of that kind of thing if they had more, but. It's anonymous but i'll put we'll there'll be a link to it in the um in the post so you'll be able to find it through the link anyone else got a rick
1: yes i have one um so for a, a truly uh shorter fic that people won't be upset <laughs> about um i have one that is under five thousand words so this one is diamond star halo by jad um this one is really interesting because it's a um consensual possession pick from sam's point of view Ooh. so we don't necessarily see what's going on in in dean's head but they do a really good job of making sure you can kind of kind of keep track of what's going on in dean's head um but it's really fun to see it from sam's point of view because he's just like watching dean talking to himself mm-hmm. and just like y- you feel for sam in this one um <laughs> I yeah one of the tags is, is pray for Sammy and like you have to <laughs> like you have to feel for him um there is a point in this where um Dean has wings it's in the it's in the tags so that's not potentially um a spoiler um but I think the the main concept of this one and I think they even mentioned it in their author's note is that they wanted to write a possession fic where as they put it like nobody belly aches about it like they just kind of deal with it and it's fine it's great and Cas go back into his own body eventually but it's not it's not a problem it's fine mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really interesting take on it. Like with those two things changed, with it just not being a big deal or being a problem or something that desperately needs fixing, and it being from Sam's point of view, it just it feels very different to a lot of other um, possession AUs. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of fun reading this one. And it like I said it's under five thousand words, so <laughs> you know, a really crucial one that, that everyone can go
0: and read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ripley, did you have one that you wanted to recommend?
2: Um, so there's a there's a couple that um, I'm looking at my bookmarks I had to try and remember which ones are rich um, there is one I'm gonna mess the name up uh, it's called You Were Always On My Mind by Victorian Sex Stash.
1: <laughs> Um that's yeah. an amazing name I know <laughs>
2: um, it's under 5,000 it's only 2,200 words um, this is basically Dean saves cast from the empty you know by allowing Cass to possess him um Dean wakes up from a nightmare or Cass wakes up from a nightmare and they basically have a little a really sweet little heart to heart that turns into a you know a little bit of a uh two dudes one dick kind of situation so um it was just it was very sweet and I just thought how they interacted with each other was like really sweet and romantic and soft and everything I just I really liked it so yeah and it's real quick real quick read so
0: I've got one more it's called I Carry Your Heart and then in brackets I carry it in my heart which is by Unicorn Poe who we spoke to back in our time travel episode in um, about Psalm 42 which is their big kind of famous fic I guess (laughs) and we we love that one but this is actually their um, fix-it fit for post canon um, where they rescued Like it's it's sort of a diverging from um, 1518 I think where they actually did rescue Cass from the empty already Um, and but they haven't sorted out their crap right away like Dean and Cass so they are are hunting and then Cass uh, gets cursed and has to fall asleep but he possesses Dean um, as part of that. I'm just trying to remember how it actually goes down but but it's just basically them being all domestic in the bunker kind of thing and working it out in like a really soft kind of way. But um, Poe is so good at writing, and um, Yay, yeah, nice. really enjoyed that one.
2: I'm gonna have to read that one. I have not read it. I will need to.
0: Yeah, it's not a long. It's not super long. It's only like twenty six thousand ish. Um, but it, yeah, it leaves you with a, you know, a happy, good feeling at the end. So. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's all in one chapter oh, okay. <laughs> it's like a it's 26,000 words but it's all in one you know, one go
1: excellent, well I have one more recommendation which is a longer one again this one's almost 90,000 words um, and it's The Ghosts oh sorry, Ghosts That We Knew by Jothraki Shieldmaiden mm. I wanted to recommend this one because it's a very different take, it's, it's a canon divergence but it's one of those ones that um, changes certain aspects of canon so dean is still a hunter um sam is um, a student at stanford i think and um in this one for most of the fic Cass is a ghost <laughs> but before he was a ghost um Ooh. he was a hunter so it was a human hunter Cass um story right okay and it's um there's a, a, a possession element in this and uh, I really liked it. And someone suggested that this kind of fit into the um, trope that we were going for, just in a very different way to all that the others do. Yeah, it is, like I said, it's um, kind of a, a you canon, really. Um, I do love ghost stories, so that one drew me to this one. I think I first saw this one, let's say it was a DCBB. Yes, it was. It was a DCBB back in 2020. Um, and it's really well written. Dothraki Shield Maiden's fix always are. Um, and this one was just it was one of those fix where I couldn't put it down when I started reading it. So I would recommend it to anybody first for something a little bit different. So technically still possession happening, but a whole different a whole different kind of thing to all the previous Canon ones we've looked at. Awesome. This is one of, this is one of those tropes where I feel like we need more fix because after it wasn't like a um, something that I thought about necessarily. Like I didn't think of it as one of my favourite things to read necessarily but yeah. now that I've finished all of these I've realised I really like it and I need more so uh, <laughs> please go ahead and write all
0: of those and tag me in them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, at all points so. in canon. <laughs> yep. And, uh, well we've got we've got a bunch more that we, we can link in the um, in the post as usual and a big thank you to yes. all of the, um, the people in Profound Bond Discord server who gave us a huge list Um, well it's not huge as we we said we need more but you know we have quite a few things there to be recommended so
1: So, yes we got some recommendations from our coffee server um, as well and this was actually a suggestion that was given to us there Um, this is one of those screen names that I can't pronounce out loud (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it I hope they know who they are Um, (laughs) it was a recommendation um, for us to cover this trope very grateful for this recommendation because like i said it's not something that i really thought that i enjoyed not that i just liked it i
0: just not considered it a bunch
1: and well I'm it is now very glad to have read all of these
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep so that list and um all the other fix the information about the fix that we talked about today are on mixtapebookclub.com and you can get in touch with us to f- to um, give your suggestion on a topic or fic that you'd like to see us talk about um you can contact us on social media most of them are at mixtape book club you can find all our other contact information on our website um or if you'd like to chat with us you can join the profound bonds discord server um, in where we have our own channel or you can sign up for our coffee membership and get access to our discord server um, where you can suggest things too um and get a sneak peek into what we've got coming up um and if you if you'd like to support us through coffee you do that through coffee.com slash mixtape book club um so come and
1: join us next episode when we are going to be discussing podfix. so the fix that we cover are going to be ones that have accompanying um audio for you to be able to read with which is a lot of fun yes we love a podfix. No, I was just saying, it's going to be a fun episode, and uh, it'll be really interesting that I'll be able to listen to all of the research for that week instead of reading it. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that will make me faster or slower, because I'm somebody who can't... um, Like, I, I can't do audiobooks very well. No, oh, okay. I just don't take in information that way. Um, but I have, like, listened to some podfic before, and it was fine. So curious to find out how I do with that one.
0: Learning things about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, a big thank you to Ripley for coming to talk to us. Thank you. it's lovely to talk to you.
2: Oh, it's nice to talk to you all. Thank you for asking me on here. No worries. And we
0: look forward to seeing your um your timestamps coming up for contingency. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to know about that. I feel like we have, like, not quite an exclusive, but. <laughs> exclusive yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you heard it your best, folks. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is.